Good morning, Awakened Church. So good to have you guys on this rainy day, um, good mo rainy morning. Um, I bet you guys are very happy you didn't have to come out and, uh, in the rain and come to church. So this is one of the benefits of online church is that uh, you guys get to stay in your nice cozy homes and maybe PJs or whatever. And um, we get to still have church and, and enjoy um, fellowshipping together. So um, thankfully we didn't get too wet getting here. So um, yeah, we're just excited to see what God is going to um, do. Thank you so much to the Hopkins for leading us in worship uh, today through song. I know that uh, just the truth of those songs uh, just rings so true. I, I like the last one uh, that it just talks about how the church from, you know, Jesus' time over 2,000 years, the church has been moving forward. And um, the same faith that Jesus bestowed to his disciples and that was passed along was, uh, is, is the same faith that we get to celebrate today. And so... Um, I'm just excited to, to open God's Word with you, um, to, to share that, and, and see how the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you and, and me um, will testify to that and, and, and teach us and guide us through that. Uh, first, we are going to celebrate and worship together through communion. So I want to um, just give you an opportunity, a reminder, if you haven't gotten your bread and your, your juice yet, go ahead and grab that. And uh, we're going to take that in, in a few moments here uh, together. So I ju just wanted to... Um, share a little bit uh, for that communion time. So I thought it might be good to, you know, since we're studying the first, uh, first John, um, the author John, he also wrote a couple other books, second John, third John, pretty, pretty uh, apparent there, um, but also the gospel of John, according to John, that's another one that he wrote, and he also happened to uh, write Revelation. So he um, had his hand in a good bit of the New Testament. Um, so I thought it'd be good to go back. There's four gospels, um, that recount the life of Jesus, and I thought it would be good to go look back at this time of communion that we're celebrating was the Last Supper that the disciples took with Jesus. And so I thought, well, let's go back and look and see what John wrote about uh, the breaking of the bread in the four gospel, in his gospel. And uh, I know some of you right now that are really gospel th scholars uh, know your four gospels really well. You're thinking, hey, wait, I don't think John covered the actual taking of the bread and, and wine in his gospel. And you're right. So good job, gold star for you. And um, those of you that didn't know, well, now you know. Fun fact, um, John is the only one of the four that doesn't actually cover Jesus breaking the bread and telling the disciples to, to, to take it or, or drinking the juice or wine at that time. Um, but he did spend a lot more time teaching and, and goes through a lot more in depth and different teachings that he gave to the disciples. So... Um, we are going to instead look at Matthew's gospel, and I wanted to read from there. So um, let's look at Matthew 26, verses 26 and 20 through 28. So it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, this wasn't the first time that Jesus talked about eating his body and drinking his blood. 
Um, in fact, John actually did record it earlier in his gospel. Um, and so there, we're, we're going to jump back and look at there. So John 6, 53 through 57 says, So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. Now, Jesus isn't actually talking about his um, real body and, and, and blood. Um, but he is talking about the connection that we have through faith by believing in Jesus and, um, and, and his teaching and what he sh his shed blood on the cross. Um, and he, he did die, you know, he died on the cross. He rose again, overcoming sin and death and having the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's what we share with him. And um, it's that true relationship that we have with Jesus that assures us of eternal life with him. And God, in his wisdom, knows that we are a forgetful people. We get distracted really easily. I get distracted very easily. And so he gave us a reminder to celebrate over and over again that truth that Jesus died for us and that we, we have eternal life with him um, and that he wants to have that relationship with us. And so um, that's why we're celebrating it. Here with Awaken Church, we do it once a month. Um, just an opportunity to, to reflect on anything that's gotten in the way. Um, any kind of sin or any distractions that prevent us from connecting with him. Uh, now, if you're out there and you'd say, hey, I don't think I have that relationship with, with Christ. I don't think I know what you're talking about. Then I encourage you, um, you know, connect with whoever, um, you know, told you about Awaken Church or, you know, please um, contact me or one of the other pastors here. We would love to talk to you um, more about that and, and give you that assurance uh, of that relationship and talk to you about the relationship you can have with Christ. Uh, for all of you that would say, yes, I do have a relationship with Christ, I'm a Christian, um, then we get this opportunity to uh, take the blood and, and bread, or the, um, the juice and the bread, which represents the blood and, and the body. So, um, but right now, um, the, the Bible talks about us just taking a, a moment to pause, to reflect on, you know, this past month or the last time since you've taken communion and uh, just confess those sins, um, ask for forgiveness. He is ready and waiting to, uh, to give that forgiveness um, and just admit those things that have gotten in the way that have distracted you from your relationship with God. And then um, I'll pray and then we'll go ahead and, and eat. So um, let's just take a moment right now. Lord God, we thank you that you um, are so wise in, in knowing that we, um, we need reminders, Lord. We, we so quickly stray and, and are forgetful and get distracted, Lord. And so we thank you for today, this opportunity to have um, you know, a symbol of the truth that you did die and that you did rise again, Lord, and that you did it for uh, that relationship to, to for, be able to forgive, to overcome sin and death,
and to be able to give that to us, Lord. And we thank you so much for the relationship that we have with you. Thank you that um, we get to call you um, Father God, and, and thank you so much for, um, for coming. Lord, we pray that, um, that these sins, Lord, that you would help us to uh, accept your forgiveness, Lord, that we would, um, you know, that you would cast it away, Lord, as far as the east is from the west, Lord, and that we would walk forward in victory and triumph, Lord, we, as those songs we're singing about, Lord, that we're no longer slaves to, to sin, Lord, but we're, child, we're children of God. We're, I'm a child of God, Lord. And so that should cause us to walk differently. And so we pray right now, Lord, that this, that truth would sink in, Lord, that this would just be a reminder, Lord, that we can um, stake in the ground and know that um, we are different, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And some of you might have uh, crackers or bread, but... Go ahead and take whatever you have and, and eat that and uh, your juice as well. All right. Thank you guys so much. Um, I know we're obviously far apart um, spatially, but we are connected. Um, yeah connected and all getting to take it at the same time. So that is exciting. Um, I know that one thing as we've, as we've uh, been doing this online church, I believe it's been 11 weeks we've been doing this now. And um, one thing that's been neat, this is the second time that we've done communion. And um, it's just been neat. Usually our children are back in the, the waking kids section. And so it's been neat to get to take communion with our children um, as a family, um, you know, all of our children that, are, that have accepted Christ. So it's been neat to be able to get to do that. Um, and one, one kind of bright spot amongst the bummer of not getting to see everyone in person. Um, well, so we are actually wrapping up our walk through the book of First John. This is the fifth week, uh, chapter five, and we've been doing a chapter each week. Uh, hopefully it's been uh, blessed you. And if you've missed a week, please, we've got them online. So you can just go back and Click on one from a past week uh, when you have some time to, to check it out and, and learn from that. We've been talking and looking kind of as a lens from a, of maturing and growing up. And so we see as, as we've walked through this how we mature in our faith. And uh, Andrew shared last week, he had a big idea that the Holy Spirit's primary role is to witness to the truth about Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll see that theme again this week too. And uh, the greatest... The second one is the greatest truth of Jesus Christ is his love for God and his love for us. And uh, he definitely demonstrates that love for God by uh, being obedient to him, um, even to the point of death while he was here on earth. And then his love for us, obviously, he showed so much love while he was here on earth to people um, through, through healing and through so many different ways. And then ultimately, um, you know, for, for dying on the cross. Um, so as we reach the end of the book, um, you know, Frank said, has said over the past weeks when he was preaching that John has a real straightforward writing style. Uh, and we'll see that again in chapter 5. That's definitely the case. But this chapter, I feel like, does have some complexities um, to the relationship um, and, and relationships and connections that he makes. And so uh, about a year or so ago, our home group actually did a study on First John. And Stephen Freeman the, uh, did a visual flowchart. And so if you, uh, if you want to take a look at this visual flowchart that we have, 
Um, it actually, you won't be able to read it, but I just wanted to show you the complexity. So there's lots going on here. Um, we can see that God is the center of it, which is awesome and good, and Jesus is, is a big prominent part, and there's just lots of other connection points. So um, if, you, if you need me to send that to you, so you want to dive into that further, I definitely will. But I just wanted to put, toss it up there to say, hey, this chapter actually does have a little bit of complexity to it. So we're going to walk through, you know, kind of uh, section by section and hopefully break down some of that complexity. Um, but it was definitely fun um, looking at, yes, it does have a straightforward writing style, but there's, there's some pieces that um, made me scratch my head and, and dig in and, and do some more research. So um, encourage you guys to do the same too if, if you, as you guys read through this and, and want to look at it more. But um, wh one of the main themes also is that uh, John, throughout the book, he wanted to uh, combat false teachers. So this book is, you know, believed to be written at, later on in his life. So the church has been established and, and there were some false teachers that had snuck in and gotten into the church. Um, and the thing that's interesting about false teachers is they don't come in and just say, you know, no, God, is, God isn't real and there's no Jesus and you need to worship this other thing or that. No, they don't, they don't do that. That would, be too, that would be obvious. We would be able to say, no, you're, you're obviously not teaching the truth. You need to get out of here. And, uh, but what they do is they just kind of weasel their way in and they tell you something that's just a little bit different. It sounds like it might be true, but it just ends up being a little bit different than what the true gospel is. And... Um, and, and you're having something that, that's not quite all true. Um, you know, it's mostly true. It's kind of like the same way of, if I baked a cake and I, you know, I said, yeah, I baked this awesome cake. Do you want some of it? And you'd be like, yeah, of course, because you're a great baker. Well, I'm not really a great baker, but, but, um, but you know, I mean, people don't turn down cake, take you, cake usually. So you'd say, yeah, I'll take some of the cake. And I'm like, oh, by the way, um, while I was baking, I think some, I was, you know, also doing some uh, rodent control. And, and I think like a little bit of rat poison might have fell in there, but it was just like a little bit. It wasn't a lot. It was just a little bit of rat poison. And so, but do you want to have some of the cake? And you would say, no, I don't want any cake because there's rat poison in there. It's mixed in. It's ruined the whole cake. And so it's the same thing. It's dangerous now. The cake is dangerous. And the same is true with these false teachers. They've come in and they've changed the gospel just enough that it's no longer true. And so it's ruined it. Um, and the, the, um, the belief that they had, it was called uh, Gnosticism. So they didn't believe that Jesus was actually fully God and fully man at the same time. Um, some of their beliefs were that they would, they believed that kind of God kind of went into this person named Jesus about the time of his baptism. And then he kind of, um, pieced out and left the, the body of this person named Jesus a little bit before the crucifixion. And so he didn't actually, God didn't actually die, um, and didn't actually rise again. And, and so that, that is a, that's a very you know, sounds kind of the same, but it's a very big difference from what the true gospel is, that, that God did come. He was born, you know, of a virgin, that he came and died. Um, he lived a perfect life, and, and then he, and God died, um, you know, on the cross. So it, it sounds kind of the same, but it's, it's different, and so therefore it's now a false gospel. So John wanted to combat that. He wanted to tell them, no, this is the true gospel. I want you to understand. I want you to know what the true gospel is, so that way you can tell when there's false teaching and, and be able to reject it. So let's dive right in. So um, let's look at uh, the first couple of verses. So everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God 
when we love God and obey his commandments. All right, so um, now is our opportunity to um, get the crayons out. I wanted to talk to the kids here for a moment and give them their, their assignment. If you guys are wanting to color or whatever pencils, whatever you might use, um, I would love to see, and we're going to, if you guys will send them in, we'll put them up and, and take a look and comment on them. Um, I want to see a drawing that shows um, what do you love to do with your brothers or sisters or your family. So those siblings that you have or your family, what do you love to do with them? And so if you can draw a picture of that, then I would love to see that. Send that in to awakenqna at gmail.com before the end of uh, the sermon. And, um, and my wife Jackie and I, we're actually going to come and look at it and we'll, we'll comment and, and get to celebrate with you. So thanks so much kids for doing that and I hope you enjoy that. Um, so looking at this verse it made me think of um, a trip that hopefully my family is taking. So this fall um, we're, we're Lord willing going to be going on a, a road trip to go visit some different family and friends that we have. And uh, one of my friends, uh, I've, I've been, he's one of, one of my best friends for over 20 years. And uh, one thing I'm excited about with getting to go visit them, because we haven't been able to go visit them, um, is for them to, for our children to, to meet and interact. And so they've met a couple different times, but uh, Caitlin, you know, kind of knows, knows the name of his uh, girls that they have, but um, doesn't, you know, doesn't really know them that well. And so one thing I'm excited about is for them to actually spend, you know, some time together. And so I was telling Caitlin about my friend's little girl who's, you know, close to her age and, you know, how we're going to get to go visit them and, and that type of thing. And, and uh, Caitlin just decided, you know what, I'd like to send a craft to her. And so she got super excited and made a little craft and, you know, we sent it in the, in the mail to them. And, you know, that really meant a lot to me um, because she was willing to do something loving just because of her love for me. You know, she doesn't know this this little girl, she doesn't necessarily have love for this little girl, but she knows that it's important to me and that, you know, I love my friend and my friend's um, kids. And so she was willing to do something. And so I think that's what that this verse is talking about is, you know, as, as fellow Christians, that we are called to love one another. And, and this goes along with what Andrew was talking about last week in chapter four. Um, you know, here in chapter in verse 2, it says that we can know that we are loving the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. Uh, if you look at commands, what commands are we talking about? Well, in the Old Testament, they had a whole bunch of commands, but really the, the Ten Commandments were the main ones that you know, God put forth for his people to, to obey. And so those were you know, focused on loving God, how, how we interacted with God, and then it was always also focused on how do we interact with each other and how do we love each other. And so um, then the New Testament, Jesus comes and he said, well, you know, really you can fulfill all the law and commandments by loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so you see when he says to obey his commands, he's talking about loving God, loving him, and loving those around you. Um, and it's God that actually gives us that ability to love differently. You know, the, the, world, the world's definition of, of love is, is very different, very, it varies a lot. A lot of time it has to do with, well, I'll do this if you, if you do that for me, if, you know, I'll love you if you love me, or, you know, it has some sort of, um, you know, I want something in return. And, and that's very different than God's love for us and the love that he tells us to have 
for um, for our fellow believers, our fellow Christians, and of course for for other neighbors, for those that just are around us, anyone that we come in contact with. And it's, it's amazing because it's actually God's Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to love um, those people. Um, and I don't know if you've had, the, had that happen to you where you had someone that like kind of rubs you the wrong way the first time and you say, okay, God, I know I'm supposed to love this person. And then next thing you know, you find out, hey, I actually really enjoy hanging out with this person. Or at the very least, you say, you know what? I, I can see this person. I understand them better. I understand what kind of makes them tick. And I, I do love them and I do care about them and I want the best for them. And so that's only from God that something like that's able to happen. Um, and, and, and I think that as we do that, as we show that different type of love that doesn't make sense, that people who are not um, believers, they see this and they go, well, what is this person getting out of it? And the answer is nothing. Then it really makes them think, well, how are they able to do this? And we're able to say, it's only God that gives me the strength to do this because, you know, in ourselves, we don't have that ability. Um, so and that, that's definitely my prayer for us is that we would look so different than what people are used to, that they just have to ask, what makes you different? What, you know, and we're, we're proclaiming God the whole, the whole time along the way, and they would, they would want um, to have their life look different as well. Um, if we look down, then we're going to move down to three through five. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Um, I had a friend growing up in high school. Um, lots of friends, but <laughs> more than one friend. I had several friends, but this one friend that I'd like to tell you about right now. Um, he, went, he ended up going off, to high, going off to college. And so I didn't see him for a couple of years. And then after a few years, he came back and uh, we were catching up and kind of getting an idea of where he was at, what he was learning. And he said, you know, I feel like God's maybe calling me to go into ministry uh, full time to, you know, you know, be a pastor or um, missionary or something to that effect. And, um, and but as he was sharing it, he was, he was really sad. And uh, you could just tell there was this weight about him. Um, and he said, you know, as I've been praying and really thinking about this, the rest of my life around me has just been horrible. And, you know, that's what he described to me, that his life was just crumbling around him, that he was having big issues with his parents. Um, he was struggling to find a job and be able to pay for his bills and just different relationships that weren't going well at all. Um, and, and, and he said that, you know, he felt like every time that he took a step out in faith towards something that God had called him to, he just felt like he just got beaten against and that things just got worse. And, you know, he said to me, he said, I don't know if it's worth it. And um, that's always stuck with me because what he was saying is, I don't know if facing all the attacks from the world and the evil the one is worth living for the Lord. I don't, and I don't know if I can live that kind of life. And, and I know... Um, that hit me really hard. And, you know, of course, our first answer was like, of course, you, it's worth it. You know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's the Lord. Of course, it's a living for it. But I think we've all been there. We've all had times where, you know, we've had an idea that we feel like the Lord's given us or, or felt called to do something. And then, boom, we get hit with, with, um, 
whatever it might be. It might be sickness or, or a, a failed relationship or, you know, financial struggles or, you know, a door, different doors closing. And, and we end up thinking, is it worth it? You know, is this, you know, and, and sometimes we, we've chosen not to. We've chosen, no, I, you know, I don't want to go down that door. I don't want to go down that road. And, and, um, and other times we have and we've persevered through it. Um, so I, I don't think that his struggle is much different than the struggles that we go through on a, on a off, you know, consistent basis. And, uh, and so I just want to say to those of you that maybe right now that you are facing something like that, where you're trying to make a decision about if I should live for the Lord, if I should, you know, end a relationship, if I should take a different type of job, if I should, um, you know, make a decision that is choosing God and not the world or choosing God and not myself. Uh, I recommend that, um, that you do it. I, I pray that you would, um, but I, I do want to warn you that the enemy is going to be after you. And he's going to be after you from the very beginning. Because it's much easier to cast doubt and um, cause you to quit before you really st start getting going. Before you start seeing some victories or some success. Um, you know, I think about a train. When is it easier to stop a train? When it's just starting to inch along? Or as it's barreling down the track, you know, 50 miles an hour? You know, which is easier? Obviously, it's much easier to stop them, stop the train right off, right off the bat. And so the enemy knows that too. He's been around for a long time. And so he's going to try his, his best to stop you, make you stay where you are as opposed to push you forward. I haven't really kept, him tra kept track of that friend. Um, you know, Facebook, I know he's married. Um, I know that he has moved away, he's got a job, he's, you know, successful with. Um, I don't really know where he is spiritually, um, but I do know that he didn't pursue a, a job in ministry. Um, he pulled back from it. And so my hope and my prayer for you is that you would step out in faith um, for God, even if it's hard. John, John continues by building a case for Jesus uh, for Jesus being the Christ, uh, being our Savior, in 6 through 8. So he kind of transitioned, and he, he calls three witnesses to testify to Jesus being the Christ. Um, now, we've all watched probably more Law and Order shows than we, we uh, would want to admit, but uh, we all know what it is like the, you know, the jury goes up there and all that type of thing. It's like, well, well one of my, uh, you know, kind of nerdy bucket list things I always wanted to do is I always want to serve on a jury. And in fact, when uh, I was dating my wife, Jackie, that was one thing that we had in common that we found that we both wished that we could be on a jury just desperately. And, um, and, and so that's one thing that we connected on. And um, <laughs> so, so thankfully, um, just a couple years ago, I actually got the opportunity. Um, I had called for jury duty and I actually got to, to be called and I sat on the jury. It was a three-day trial. And so as they were doing the trial, the defense ended up calling up uh, witness after witness that they all testified, you know, eyewitness to the same exact thing over and over again. And then, um, uh, but the, the plaintiff, the one that was suing for, um, you know, damages and for wanting a, a money reward, um, had a completely different story that didn't line up with what everyone else was saying. And so who do you think that the jury believed? Uh, the case was a slam dunk for the defense because there were so many people testifying to the same account. 
Um, and so uh, also if we look in the Bible, if we look in the Old and the New Testament, we see the principle of using two or three witnesses to build a case. So uh, I thought I would give you three verses to show you the principle to kind of build my case. So if we look at Deuteronomy 19 through 15 in the Old Testament, it says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall a charge be established. So you see two or three. Now if we look in the New Testament, Matthew 18 through 16, But if he does not listen... Take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 1. This is the third time I am coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So John obviously knew that. So he thought, hey, let me give you three witnesses. So let's look at verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by... The water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit and the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. So let's take a look at these three witnesses. Um, last time I checked, uh, you can't really call water or blood to the stand and ask them to testify, they're not going to say anything. So what is he talking about with uh, blood and water? Um, most scholars believe that the water and blood are actually referring to events in the, in the life of Jesus. So the water refers to the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he was baptized. It was dunked under the, the river uh, by John the Baptist. And then the event, if you'll remember, it talks about the um, after he came out of the water, that God descended from heaven like a dove. And that the voice of God was heard saying, <clears throat> I'll try to say it like in a, you know, like, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. It's not, we have to dub that over with like James Earl Jones or someone else. But, but um, yeah, so God, God testified right there when Jesus was standing in the water that this was his son. And so um, that, is the blood, that is the water that was testifying that event confirmed that Jesus was the Son of God. So that's his first point. The blood refers to the event of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. He shed his blood to pay the penalty of our sin. And then he rose again from the grave. He proved that he had power over sin and death. The last witness um, is the Holy Spirit. Um, so if we look at the blood, so the blood was that sh what was shed for him. And so um, first he established that he was the Son of God. And then second... John is establishing that um, he, what he said he was going to come and do, he did. He died, and then he rose again. And so that's the second one. The third is the Holy Spirit. And it was sent after Jesus left the earth to be a continual witness to all who believe in Jesus. Um, he's responsible for the disciples preaching in different tongues on Pentecost. Um, he was in, he's also responsible for inspiring the writing of all of Scripture and even now, he lives inside of those who believe in Jesus today and testifies um, and resonates um, with us when we hear truth and we read scripture. So after John builds this case of the three witnesses, he goes on to say that God also testifies to his son. And certainly his testimony even has even more weight. So let's look at that. Um, verse 9, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. 
Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. John has spent all of these verses to build a case that Jesus is the Son of God and that it's only through him that we have eternal life. And so you can see that he's um, you know, combating the false teaching that, that the, the churches of that time and even you know, nowadays are, are being influenced by. God, and then John draws the reality in verse 10 uh, also that if someone doesn't believe in God's testimony, they end up saying that God is lying. And, that, and they end up, they're not trusting in Jesus for eternal life. So he's drawing a, a you know, straightforward approach. He's saying, hey, either you believe that what God has said is true, that this is his son, that he died for you, and you accept it, and you have eternal life, or you don't. You don't believe me. You think I'm lying, and you, you don't believe that, and you don't have eternal life, and you don't have, have Jesus. Um, then he moves on, and he tells us why he wanted to, to write these things. John wants to write these things. He says in 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And so obviously there's people that are saying, yeah, you know, I think I believe these things, but I'm not sure if that really means I get to have eternal life. You know, these other people are teaching me other things. And so he said, yes, if you, if you look at what I'm showing you, you can have confidence that you will have eternal life. Uh, the next section, he wants us to know the difference that, of that, what that actually makes. You know, so we get to have eternal life, but what difference does that make? Um, you know, here and now. So he uses the word know seven times in the next eight verses. So he obviously wants us to know something, and he wants us to know that we can have confidence when we approach him. He hears us and that he delights to answer questions that are in line with his will. 14 says, and we are confident that he hears us wherever we, wherever we ask for anything that pleases him. Whenever we ask, sorry, let me start again. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, um, I'm sure that this verse 15 has probably been used out of context to, uh, you know, kind of be that name it and claim it um, type of gospel that, you know, hey, whatever Whatever we make a request, he knows it and he's going to give it to us. Um, but you still have to put that in context of verse 14 and other scripture that's, that talks about, you know, anything that asks for that pleases him. It's, it's all about God's will and, um, and what we're wanting confirming, conforming to his will. Um, and it makes me think about uh, several, several nights ago. Um, right a little bit before bed, our children were watching one of their uh, favorite shows. If you give a mouse a cookie, you guys may be familiar with the uh, book, but they have a little cartoon that's really cute. And so after, after we finished that, it was bedtime, and Robbie came up to, to my wife and said, um, Mommy, can I have a cookie and some milk? Because I just, whenever I watch that show, it just makes me want to have a cookie and some milk. And he was just so cute. And um, we said, no you know, we can't have a cookie right now. We need to go to bed. Uh, you know, we're not going to give our kids sugar right before they go to bed. 
So we told him no and, you know, got him off to bed. But I told Jackie, we need to, I want to make some cookies for that little boy. He's just so cute. And, and, you know, I want him to have good things, but, you know, at the right time. So um, we said, yeah, we've got some cookies we can bake. And so we thought, you know, we'll do that at some point. So then on Friday night, we were finishing up our dinner and he leaned over to my wife, to Jackie and said, mommy, you know, we don't have, it's been so long since we had some dessert. Do you think that maybe we could have something sweet, some dessert? And, um, and you know, Jackie's heart just melted and, you know, wanted to give him everything. And so she said, well, let, you know, let mommy and daddy talk about it. And so we went into the kitchen and we're like, yes, this is the time we want to give those cookies. Let's do it. So Jackie started heating up the oven until so we went back in and we say, you know, Robbie, do you remember the other night when you asked for some milk and cookies? And he said, yes, like, well, now you get to have it. You can have the cookies. And Caitlin and Robbie both jumped up and down and, you know, we're so excited. And um, that was an easy yes, but, but it was, you know, in the proper time. Uh, and it's the same is true for us, our Father in heaven, that, you know, he, de- he delights in giving and, and blessing us um, when it's in his will and it's in his time. So, uh, you know, next time you're praying for something, you need to trust God that he, he knows what's best for us, um, you know, when we don't know the timing or, or what is going to be best for us. And we need to trust him and, and seek to, um, you know, continue to ask. He wants us to ask, but we need to trust him when the answer is, you know, no, or when the answer is wait. Uh, the next few verses transition to talk about praying for other believers. Uh, so let's read them, and then we'll talk about what, God say, what uh, John is saying here. God, through John, saying here. 16. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. And we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely. And the evil one cannot touch them. So what John is actually talking about here is the process of sanctification and, um, in the Christian life. And that's just a big word that means it's the process of choosing to do um, what God wants us to do. That making a practice of living God's way rather than living the world's way. Or, or you know, sinning. Which... Um, and this is a lifelong process. Unfortunately, this isn't as soon as you accept Christ that you never sin again and everything is, is peachy. Um, that's, that's not the, the case. But we do, um, as we strive to live like God, we do get to see that we do have more and more victory over sin. And, uh, you know, I'd say that one of the really neat things of being part of Awakened Church for, you know, over 10 years now is that I get to see the same sister and brothers that, um, you know, we're growing together. We're praying for each other. We're struggling together. And we're, I've seen many men and women um, be sanctified, you know, be, are, be in that process and being more and more sanctified. And I can tell you story after story of, um, you know, I can see this was a problem. This was an issue that someone came and said, hey, this is something I want to work on. And um, over time, we see that that's no longer a struggle or it's, it has much less power over that person. So I encourage you, you know, that's what, the, that's what part, being part of a body is, is, you know, getting in the life of one another and being able to pray for one another and, and struggle together. So that way we can see victory, we can see wins. And it's not, you know, overnight where um, most times, but it's, it's that process that as we've lived life together over 
months and years that we can say, wow, you know what? You know that thing that I've been praying for? I can see how it's no longer a problem for you in, in your life. And praise the Lord that he's changed you. And it's, and it's clear that that's what John is talking about with sanctification in, in Christians because he mentions that he's not talking about the sin that leads to death, which is rejecting Jesus, and, and that leads to eternal death. So basically he's saying, you know, there's this, um, um, you know, right now I'm not talking about praying for someone who's, who is that, who's in sin and says, you know, their sin is, there's no God. I don't believe that Jesus is Lord. Those, those are a sin that, you know, leads to death if you haven't accepted Christ. And so those people would not be Christians. So we wouldn't be praying about their sanctification in the same way um, that his focus is right now. We would be praying for non-Christians to accept Christ and to have eternal life. Um, and then that they would start the process of sanctification um, you know, we talk about all the time that we can't expect people who don't believe in Jesus to follow what he teaches. You know, if, they, if uh, someone doesn't believe that the Bible is true or that it's worth following, then, you know, why would we expect them to, to do the things it says? And so, you know, we do need to be praying for our, our neighbors and for those around us that they would accept Christ, that they would see his truth and the Holy Spirit would, would um, you know, awaken them to that truth. Um, and then we need to be praying for those that are believers that they would continue to grow and strive and be becoming more and more like, um, like Christ. Um, and so I, I would, you know, my prayer is that you would take John's call seriously and that you would examine your own life. Um, what areas do we need to submit to God's will and grow to be more like Jesus? And then what fellow believers need prayers, you know, um, what have people asked you to pray for? Are you actually praying for those things? You know, let's commit to lifting up our fellow brothers and sisters um, so that they can see victory. God wants and desires to, to um, you know, give us those things. He just said that, that uh, are in line with him and uh, in alignment with him. And obviously seeing those people, you know, live more like Christ is definitely his desire. So let's see how John wraps up the book. Um, so in any kids out there, make sure you've finished up your, your drawings or your watercolors or paper mache, whatever you did. And um, go ahead and take a, parents, take a picture and send it to awakenqna at gmail.com. And uh, we're going to wrap up here shortly. So John brings in, theme, John brings in themes here um, of what he was talking about for the whole book. He focuses on growing up and maturing in truth. 19 says, we know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the only true God and he is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might make God, might Take away, sorry, let me read that again. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. And we don't have to look, uh, look around very far to know that verse 19 is true. Um, there is evil in the world. Sometimes it's masked to look pleasurable and fun. But other times it's so clear to recognize and we can easily see and call evil, evil. And we definitely see that in the world today. And because of Jesus, we have been given understanding to know 
the true God. We can live in fellowship with him. And friends, we have access to the only true and eternal God. So why would we settle for anything less? And that's, that's you know, our prayer for you is that, and for myself, is that we would not settle for anything less. That we would be able to call out because we, we know God, because we're studying his word. We'd be able to call out what is false, what is not truly God, what is not really good for us, and say, that's, that's not of God, and I don't want that. And we would seek and we would turn towards what is from God, what is good, what is holy, what is pure. We would not settle for a cheap substitute. We wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't eat a cake that is, you know, laced with, with poison. Uh, and so I just want to close in prayer. And uh, I pray that, that um, as, you, as you go forward this next week, that God would make those things clear, whether things that are internal in your life or things outside um, that, that need to be called out, and that we would be able to um, identify those things and we would turn towards God. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much that your word is so rich, that it's so, so helpful. Lord, that it teaches and corrects us. Lord, that it trains us in righteousness. Lord, thank you that we don't have to wonder what you want us to do. We don't have to wonder about, um, you know, what is this, this God up in heaven want, want from us? Lord, you've made it clear here in scripture over and over again, Lord. Lord, we, we admit that we are short-sighted, Lord, that we are um, distractible people, Lord. And we, um, we want to live more like you, Lord. I pray that you would... Um, use this teaching, Lord, that you would use this scripture, you would use your truth to, um, to change us, Lord. Would you identify something in our hearts, Lord, in our minds, or something in our, our world that we need to, to um, root out and change, Lord. Thank you for the process of sanctification, Lord, that you don't leave us where we're at, Lord, but you lift us out of the sin, Lord, and that you, you point us in the right direction, Lord, and you work with us, that you um, are just waiting for us to um, hand in hand work in this process of sanctification that we can't quite understand. And we thank you so much, God, that, that in the end, Lord, that, um, that on the other side of death, that we do get to have eternal life, Lord, that we can look forward to that. We can grasp hold of that. We can um, take, take solace in it, Lord, when everything else around us seems to be uh, falling apart, that you, um, you got our good and that you've got a good plan for us uh, in the end. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, we're going to take a look at some artwork here. So I want to call in Jackie, my wife. And she is a very good interpreter of children's drawings, as she has seen many of them. And um, so, we'll see, hopefully. Yeah. So we're going to take a look up here. And so we've got Trip, who is. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. So holding hands. She, he loves holding hands with his siblings. And. I know, Trip. You're one of the old. You're the older one, so I'm sure you're probably one of the. Uh, you know, when you're crossing the street, you're the one that's going to hold hands and make sure that you keep your younger siblings safe. So I bet that is a way that you show love to them. Trip, that's really great. Good job, buddy. I love it. Oh, Junie, look at this. Everybody's around the table. Now, it looks like I think they're playing a board game around the table. Lots of great memories that can happen around the table with your family, um, playing board games, eating meals. And that looks like so much fun. I want to play a board game with you, Junie. Monop Monopoly, maybe? or Oh, yeah, because I see the spaces sorry. around the edge, so, maybe. Lots of fun games. I love board that's games. That's awesome. Great awesome. job, Junie. Ooh, let's see. 
Okay. Oh, you and your dad are going on an adventure. All right, Trip. Yeah, this Trip, is Trip. Good oh wait, job. this is um, Trip Kirk. The other one was Trip Paul. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So this one's so going on an adventure with Dad, and um, looks like you're climbing. Oh, well, you're not climbing the trees, but you've got your backpacks, and you guys are going to go out camping. I know that uh, you've been on a couple awaken uh, camping trips. So. I like those heavy backpacks. You're carrying one that's just as big as your dad's. So way to go. You are strong, Trip. Take on that <laughs> challenge. I love it. I, the adventures are great. Glory. Oh, you're playing alligator. I don't know how to play alligator. I need you to teach me, Glory. That looks like more fun than I have ever had with an alligator before. I hope, yeah, I hope that it's looks not a real awesome. alligator. Wow. Awesome. I love it. Oh, good, and Susie, running down a hill. <laughs> I would love to know where you find hills in Jacksonville, because it's hard to find them. So if you have found some good hills, I would love to find them, Susie. Have you ever rolled down a hill, too? One of my favorite yeah. memories is Caitlin rolling down a hill in North Carolina when she was little. It's so much fun. That's awesome. A lot of awesome. times you end up starting running, and then you end up rolling. Sometimes. So. Sometimes yeah. it leads one leads to the other. All right. Luke. Luke, I'm coming oh, over to wow. your house. We're going to play some video games. I love video games are fun, too. That That's is such awesome. a great picture. Look at those yeah. controllers and got it all hooked up. You got a nice system there. Good setup. Good Playing time. some... For games sure. with your siblings. I love it. Helena, awesome. Okay, let's see. It looks drawing. like you have um, pictures or cards, maybe. And I'm wondering, do you know what the what she's oh, holding so in her hand? Soda. Are those? Uh, is that a bottle? Juice. Bringing some of orange juice. juice or something, or like a, a cup, or is it maybe? I love it. Or maybe she's maybe it's nice um, the painting supplies or something that she's like made the cards with, them, yeah. with making cards and giving them to each other. I like that you're kind doing of meta it together. Because you've got them holding a card that's holding the them. Other, yeah. yeah like deep, very yes. deep. Wyatt, all right. I like to play Fright Night. Rar, spooky. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't played that one either, but that looks that is looks. It spooky. looks like you're hiding um, around the corner and then gonna jump out and say boom. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> kayaking. Oh yes. wow. I'm not sure who this one is from, but I love kayaking too. We haven't gotten to do it very many times, but it is super super fun. I'm so glad that you enjoy getting to do that. Kayaking is awesome. All right. Caitlin Joy Dubay, we know, know her. her. <laughs> oh, um, playing space with your brother. So yes. this was super fun. Our kids did yesterday. Um, a friend of ours gave us this big, long box, and we literally saved it for a rainy day and pulled it out yesterday. And they flew to space in their box, and then they turned it over on its side, so it's like this long tunnel. And then the we had another station. box, and so they made the space station, pretty much. And they were playing they space more, all day long. More stuff in there. Yeah, they yeah, put so stuff much stuff in there, like, and then more stuff. But it was oh. great fun for hours. So yeah. that's good times playing with your brother. <gasps> Caleb. Caleb. Oh, laser, laser tag. tag. Yes. Caleb is one of, our, uh, one of the best of the Dewhops, the Hopkins and Dubays. Best uh, laser tag player, I think. Um, 
So he, I can see why he likes it. He's very good. So and we have a lot of fun playing it. Laser tag out in the backyard is super fun. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Robbie likes eating food with my family. That is Yes. Maybe even time. milk and cookies, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> eating food. That's awesome. That looks job, very Robbie. yummy, Robbie. All right, Clara, I love <gasps> decorating the Christmas tree. Clara's up on the ladder. Wow. Be safe, girl. Look at that. She's decorating the high branches. There's mom and dad and Christopher and Caleb. And there's Clara. You've got the star and presents and ornaments. Oh. That looks like so much fun. That's, That's a great thing to I do with your family. Age seven, I think you've got. Oh, no, it's an arrow. Me seven. Yes, me, me cool. right there. Yeah. That is a really good drawing. Awesome. Dean. Cleaning, cleaning up toys. Wow, Dean, can you come over to my house and have some fun with us, too? There's lots of fun to be had at our house. Yay. <laughs> That's amazing. There's Dean and Arthur, and they're cleaning up toys together. Way to go, guys. Look at that. Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Awesome. Oh, I see. We have a good job. Oh, are they decorating? Or no, they're watering. They're taking care of the garden. garden. Yeah. I love oh, it. Nice. Wow, Thanks. thank you and good job. I love that affirmations too. You guys are encouraging right. one another. Very wow, good. Good I, job, those kids. are so good. I'm so impressed with all the great drawings. And um, yeah, we love, I'm so glad you guys love spending time with your siblings. I think I realized not until after I was older that, you know, your sibling, uh, I had one older sister, and, uh, you know, it's tough sometimes to get along with them but this is the person that you get to spend the most time with and have the, so mm -hmm. much fun memories with so so glad you guys are loving um loving them and you know us big kids we're mm -hmm. called to love our brothers and sisters in christ and so um we hopefully we can enjoy spending time with each other in person uh sooner than later so i've got some announcements um thank you so much yeah. So um, please, if you can send us your prayer request to awakenchurchprayer at gmail.com. We love praying for you. Um, you know, some of the you know, things that we talked about today, if God impressed upon something, please send it in. We have a you know, group of, of our church, um, people that are involved in our church that love praying and love praying for those, those different um, requests. So please send that in, awakenchurchprayer at gmail.com. Um, we have uh, online service. We're going to do online service. I know that um, officially on Friday, Florida entered phase two for most of the counties. Um, so we're, we're looking and preparing for, you know, starting our pioneer services. Um, but, so we've said for sure we're going to be online just through, um, online only through the 21st. And we're going to evaluate, you know, after that. Um, but, you know, we're hoping to see each other, everyone, um, you know, in the coming weeks after that, but at least through the 20, 21st, we're going to be online only. Um, and then also online giving. Um, we just pray that as, you know, as you're able to, um, if the Lord's, you know, blessed you, just be um, diligent about that. Um, awakenchurchjacks.org is our website, and there's a way to give online there. You can, um, you know, mail something to us if you need. You can do that. There's multiple ways to give, so um, please keep that in mind. Uh, also, next Saturday, is uh, CMARC is we we are partner up with CMARC. Um, it's a uh, and uh, sorry, I just heard it started raining even harder. So, um, anyways, we're partnering with CMARC. We pray that next Saturday, the 13th, you'd be able to come out. Um, those that are able to to come and do a work day. So we do these, you know, about once a quarter, and they haven't been able to do it for several several months. You know, obviously with the quarantine. So now they're finally getting back to it. It's going to be outdoors work that they need help with, and so it's uh, June 13th. Be there by 9 o'clock so you can get your assignment. 
you know you can be able to be spaced out distance socially distance and everything outside but they really do need the help um, to make sure they keep that place in tip-top shape um, so make sure you come prepared to work bring some water bring your gloves you know work clothes all that good stuff so we'll pray that there's not any rain uh, like we've got today so um, yeah Thank you so much. I uh, just feel so blessed to get to be here with you guys today. Look forward to um, seeing you in person at some point. And then also just, you know, really, if there's anything that my, myself, my family, the other pastors can be doing, um, let us know. Uh, we're available and we, we'd love to be able to get to be part of, you know, you, we, we want you to be part of our family and, and families work together. So thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a blessed Saturday, last Sunday. Bye-bye.